Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we broadcast from the U.S. Meat Export Federation's Spring Conference has been taking place this week in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes, we saw some green on the screen this week for these markets, especially today on a Friday as we wrap up heading into a three-day holiday weekend. But fasten your seatbelts. This is going to be a fun ride during this program today. Lots of things to look at, including what's going on with the weather. I don't care where you go. Weather and exports are some of the top topics that you are hearing amongst those in agriculture. We're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at some global effects as well. I'm just going to hit the tip of the iceberg because we've got a lot to talk about today as Darren Fry joins us, of course, with Water Street Advisors. And I think we've got to start out first, uh, Darren, with the weather because it does not matter where you go right now. Weather has been the topic, either too much or not enough at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. Too much rain way out west, not anything over the heart of the Midwest. And temperatures are going to rise as we start in that first week of June. And this isn't a surprise. It was somewhat forecast 10 days ago by my guys. But they're saying things are going to start turning wetter here as we get past June 6th. I think the real fear is if we don't turn wetter, then what do we do? Are we going to have a weather issue and a crop problem? And I think that is what the trade is excited about. So let's look at it from the perspective of of the trade watching it. How much is the trade right now watching the lack of and some areas too much rain? Well, I think for corn, it's it's that way. Soybeans, you know, you look at a chart and we haven't had a significant rally in soybeans. Obviously, they're more affected in August for their growing, uh, you know, you know, importance. You know, when do they fill? When do they pollinate? and, And when does the flowering all that take place? But corn... I mean, going in the last part of June and early July into pollination and the initiation of grain fill is very important. So we've seen the weather issue be more around corn. And uh, then, of course, how wet it's been out west. That's why Kinsey wheat is acting so poorly. Uh, that crop probably isn't going to repair itself by any stretch of the imagination. We're going to have a lot of abandonment. We're going to have poor yields out there, especially west of Wichita. But this rain has probably kept the crop from going to 180 down to 165 million. And maybe stabilize it. Maybe we've got 190 million bushel crop now of hard red winter wheat. So um, the rain has helped a little bit, a little bit late, but it certainly helped. And now the question is, do we get that rain just in time for corn or does it end up coming later and really affecting corn? No different than it did the hard red winter wheat crop. So it was one of the big questions, and, and we've heard differing opinions, and you and I talked about this before the program started, is when is El Nino going to start? Is it going to be June or are we looking at August? Well, that's where the, the different weather forecasting services are at odds. You know, it hasn't initially started. When we see it start, I mean, the temperatures are rising. But if El Nino arrives here in the middle of June, third week of June, hey, we're going to see a better pattern, a cooler pattern, more chances for moisture the rest of summer. If it arrives in July, then we got three or four more weeks of dry weather. That's not cool for this corn crop that is trying to come on after a very dry April and May. If it arrives in August, it's way too late. We'll have a problem, we'll have a much lower yield, and we will have some really um, phenomenal things happen on the price side if that is the case. So have we seen, I wanna talk a little bit about this wheat complex as well. As we saw the corridor and the, the agreement come into place, but then Russia kind of put up some barriers a little bit. What's your thoughts on Russia and wheat? Well, I think Russia is still, um, you know, they, they have to keep threatening and their corridor is their bargaining chip, obviously. But they continue to push prices lower. Uh, now FOD prices are, 
you know, 10 bucks under 240 over there. The buyers are sitting there waiting patiently. And, and the way the Russian wheat market goes is kind of the way the world market goes. And we just don't see enough demand out here. We're, we're taking and importing some wheat from Europe. And I think you got just a situation here where there's not much positive talk about higher prices with such a large, soft winter wheat crop. And then, of course, the mixing and the blending and the importing for the hard red winter, things are really going a lot better up in spring territory. And so, um, hey, until Russia hits a bottom and turns around, I think the wheat market's got a pressure over top pressing down on itself. And the talk of importing wheat as well being factored in? Yeah, from Poland and Germany and probably more EU imports to come. But uh, that's not bullish uh, by any stretch of anyone's imagination. And you combine that with the weather forecast, the better summer crops coming from the Western Plains, and that really has put a damper on the bullish story for wheat. Let's look at the other row crop, and that's corn. Are funds short right now? They are. They're short, and I don't know how much short covering they did here the last couple of days, but obviously we've seen that, the fear of a three-day weekend, and what if those weather models don't change. But, hey, if this, if this thing comes in here and it is wetter, uh, we're either gapping up or gapping down Monday night coming into Tuesday, and and um, you know we'll have a move in place whichever way that goes, depending on the forecast. So, what about the soybeans? I mean, how much of a player were they this week in the trade? <laughs> they just weren't. I mean, we saw a little <laughs> bit of a bounce, but they just weren't. You know, we continue to see terrible exports. I mean, yesterday exports came out, and you know we're going to be pushing ending stocks higher on old crop supplies if we don't see exports turn around. And so my balance sheets I'm working with are, you know, looking at three, three twenty, three fifty on beans if something doesn't change on Thursday sales reports. And on corn, we could be pushing one five, one six here. And that's just gonna make it more bearish coming in a new crop if in fact this weather straightens up, because then we'll just have too much of everything. So uh, beans have just not gotten excited about the weather at all. And you can see that by looking at a chart. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. I do have a question I want to ask about these these grain markets, but we're going to have to wait till part two with Darren. As we continue to take a look at the markets, of course, we'll focus when we come back as well as to what's going on in this livestock trade. We know that there has definitely been an, an, a struggle when it comes to this hog market. We're going to look at some some deep issues that are going to be affecting the markets, not only now, but into the near future. And how bearish is Darren on this cattle market. We'll stick around. We're going to find out all the details as we get ready to head into a three-day holiday weekend. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear Seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry. Darren, of course, is with Water Street Advisors. And the question I was anxious to ask you at the end of uh, segment one is, does the grains need this three-day break in the market trade to kind of recoup, refocus, so Monday night we can hit the ball rolling and hopefully have a better focus, shall we say, on the coming week? 
Well, it's interesting. I think the anxiety ahead of this three-day weekend is tremendous because I think it's too early to have a severe crop problem because of weather, just because normally that comes later in the month of June as you enter pollination. But because of the dry April and May, there's an intense amount of emotion and anxiety and upwelling of this ahead of this three-day weekend. And you have some forecasters that are adamant about, hey, the weather pattern is not going to change. We're just going to keep going and it's going to be bad. And so there is that anxiety for anybody who has too much grain sold or short. Of course, the anxiety on the other side won't be known until Monday or Tuesday. And that is if we see a weather change, you know, there'll be anxiety for anybody not hedged. So I think the anxiety will drain off on Monday or Tuesday just because we'll know. And now it's an unknown that we're concerned about. So probably it'll be good to relax for a few days and see what the models are when we come in here on Monday, Tuesday of next week. Well, hopefully there's a lot of grilling going on this weekend if, if Mother Nature cooperates with folks enough to do that. Having said that, let's switch gears and go take a look at what's been going on in the livestock side. And I think the big elephant in the room, especially I've been at the USMEF's uh, spring conference and everybody, and it doesn't matter if you are a lamb, uh, a beef or a pork producer, everybody, Darren, was talking about Prop 12 and the effects and the trickle down effects this is going to have on the market. But we're definitely seeing it hit these hogs hard. We sure are, and and you know we had we had hog prices going down to lower levels by the end of the year, but this Prop 12 has accelerated everything. With 12% of the domestic pork demand being in California, only 3% of the hogs raised there, and very few are compliant to sell pork into California. We got a real demand issue here domestically, and we're seeing that on the charts. They're just headed straight down. And this whole move down in pork has been very counter-seasonal. Usually you're strong into Memorial Day, the first big weekend holiday for grill season. We just haven't seen that this year. We started dropping 8, 10 weeks ago, 12 weeks ago, and we've been dropping ever since and dropping hard. And the only saving grace has been good export demand. And uh, other than that, boy, we we really struggled. And I think that struggle is going to continue because of this decision by California. Well, let's talk about that export perspective, because there is a lot of countries even beyond Mexico that are saying, hey, we want U.S. pork, we want U.S. beef, um, bring it on, even if the local domestic demand isn't there. Well, I think it's going to be good for pork just because how much cheaper it is. You know, beef demand on the export side has been soft this year. We did see a good number this week, but overall it's been pretty soft, and that's due to the higher prices. But I think this will help the pork demand side. What we're looking at on the pork versus beef is just totally opposite. Good foreign demand for pork, good exports, poor domestic demand. For the beef, great domestic demand. Consumer has not backed away from this. That's going to happen eventually. And we know when it does, the packer will slow up the kill. The packer will support the beef by pushing the cash down, trying to keep their margins. We have not seen that yet, although the export demand for beef has waned here in the first four to five months of the year. So it's a very interesting market, but sooner or later, I think, Susan, cheap pork, cheap poultry will finally get to the beef consumer and they will be switching off of it at some point. We just haven't seen it yet. So are you bearish on cattle? I have been. I, you know, they haven't set the world on fire over the last three months, but they have been grinding higher. And obviously we hedged up, you know, five, six, seven dollars below where the current market is. Like in August, about 10 bucks below where the June is. And um, 
this is terminal wave. So when it's over, it's over. It's just not over yet. But um, the next move of significance is not higher. It is lower in feeder cattle and cattle. So did the cash this week? What, what did you think? I mean, four to five higher in the north and even the south seeing some good numbers. Yeah, the cash in the north has been on fire for a long time just because winter was brutal for not only weight gains for death loss. And so that's that's a different market. But, yeah, the south came along this week, smaller show list, and, and that really supported things. So uh, until we see some change there, uh, this is going to be well supported and the consumer is still coming after the beef. And so boxes are moving good choice and and selector hanging in there as far as the price side of things so one final question for you what do you expect come monday night's trade into tuesday well if my weather guys are right (laughs) the the two i use it's going to be we're going to see a lot more moisture starting to trickle into the forecast i think if they are right june 6th june 7th the western corn belt starts getting rain all right sounds good best way for folks to get a hold of you well, they can always look me up on Twitter. I'm at Fry underscore WSS or give me a call toll free at the office, 866-249-2528. All right. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.